0: G'day everybody, my name is Craig Cobb of TraderCobb.com and this is another episode of This Week in Crypto. And we start off with the hype or talk of a Cointelegraph article talking about the merge as Ethereum's chance to take over Bitcoin, researcher says. Now before I read this article, let us please just understand that this chap probably holds a lot of Ethereum. And whilst he may be right, we've heard of the flippening many times in the past, and it is yet to get anywhere close to actually happening. Could this be the time Ethereum does flip Bitcoin? I'll go into the article now. Ethereum researcher Vivek Rahman is convinced that Ethereum's upcoming transition to a proof of stake system will enable it to take over Bitcoin's position as the most prominent cryptocurrency. He quotes, Ethereum does have, just from an economic perspective, and because of the effect of the supply shock, a chance to flip Bitcoin, said Rahman in an exclusive interview with Cointelegraph. First of all, that's a very different take from uh, being convinced the Ethereum upcoming transition will flip over Bitcoin. He says that it has a chance. So two paragraphs telling two different stories. <laughs> on from there, he goes on to say after the merge, Ethereum will have lower inflation than Bitcoin. Especially with fee burns, Ethereum will be deflationary, while Bitcoin will always be inflationary. Although with every halving, the inflation rate goes down, pointed out Raman. Correctly, I will also add, the merge won't reduce Ethereum's high transaction fees, which is still the main issue preventing Ethereum from scaling. That is not an issue, according to Rahman, as Ethereum will rely on layer two scaling solutions to support most users activity. And I read the quote, users need to learn that all of their activities should be on layer two. And then layer twos ultimately will use Ethereum as a base layer one for settlement and security and decentralization. And here's the issue. Here's the issue I see with this. We know that when the market pumps, Ethereum's transaction fees are, well, Crazy, they're very high, very costly, very, very expensive. They're not fixing that. Instead, he's come out and said something that is very, very complicated. Even for somebody who is in crypto like myself, you've got to think about how we're going to scale Ethereum. How, how is Ethereum going to get more growth? Now the internet, we don't need to know how the internet works, right? We are all here on the internet, but we don't know the intrinsic, sorry, intrinsic characteristics that make it all work. For Ethereum to really have any chance of flipping Bitcoin, we need to have this whole systemized process much more simple and easy to understand. Now, perhaps that is what is going to occur. And what Mr. Rahman has pointed out here is that, um, you know, he's pointed out the specifics of it, but we might have a seamless integration. He's not mentioned that though, without that seamless integration of people being able to use the Ethereum network uh, easily, it's going to always be troublesome for our market to gain that massive widespread use. Think about how complicated it is right now for somebody to go and buy uh, Ethereum, send that Ethereum off onto their cold storage, all of these things. You gotta remember most people are lazy. Most people want what we have when we have something that you know we've worked for, but they're not willing to put the work in. We see that in everything from investing, business, trading, anything. If you want something, often people will shoot you down before they put the work in to get it, or they'll just throw it in the too hard box and maintain their simple life, which is fine. But what I'm saying the issue is, is the scaling of Ethereum, is it going to meet the demands of a simple person to be able to use it? With the fees not being reduced, if they can't make that a simple process, I can't see Ethereum flipping Bitcoin. But time will tell. Next article we have up here is, well, basically, It's a big one. UK banking giant Barclays invests in $2 billion crypto firm Copper. So they they didn't invest $2 billion. I want to state that because the title when I first read it, the headline here, it misled me a little bit. I I did feel as though it was saying that Barclays were putting $2 billion in. But no, they're investing in a firm called Copper with a $2 billion valuation. The UK lender is one of A crop of new investors entering a capital round for copper, a company that includes former UK Chancellor Lord Hammond among its advisors, according to a report by Sky News published on July 24th. Now, this is talking about uh, a digital asset company, and I'll talk to you more about that in just a moment. The guy who's behind us, I'll read here, Dimitri Tokarev established the firm in 2018 and has already attracted investment from several major players in the venture capital industry all around the world, such such as MMC Ventures, Local Globe and Dawn Capital. It was reported earlier this year that copper was eyeing a value of at least $3 billion in its most recent capital round. Since then, it has scaled that back, mirroring the mounting crisis in the larger crypto asset market. So Barclays venturing into the crypto scene. That is really all this article is telling us. Now, why is this significant? Well, we haven't heard too much of Barclays Bank being involved in our sector. We are hearing of Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, and other massive uh, international banks and investment banks. Now Barclays is weighing in. But the timing of Barclays entry is interesting. Whilst we are in a bear market, we've seen things like Three Arrows Capital, Celsius, um, you know, oh, it starts with the V. A number of firms either go insolvent, bankrupt, or just simply going quiet. Uh, it has taken away a little bit of the um, uh, the trustworthiness for major institutions to go into. And don't forget that Barclays being a publicly listed company it is their shareholders that are ultimately trying to impress and maintain their growth and keeping their assets in terms of the Barclays share price relatively safe. So diving into crypto at this moment in time with the market the way it is, seems like a quite interesting play. Obviously, there's something going on here with copper that are doing a good thing. What they do, they offer institutional investors uh, investing money in cryptocurrency assets, a range of services, including custody, prime broking, and settlement. And it appears that Barclays wants a piece of that. It's a good news item here, because that sort of business model is looking likely to become something in the future. You get in now the early stages and we'll see that grow over time. That's what Barclays will be thinking anyway. On next to uh, an article here uh, on the street.com. Uh, Crypto billionaire Mark Cuban's warns of a powerful player. Okay. Now this article is very, very long before it actually has any mention of Mark Cuban. So I'll scroll down to the points that I have highlighted here because most of this is just talking about Coinbase listings, that sort of thing. And that's not really what I was about. When I talk about the coin listings, the SEC is cracking down on a number of coins that have been listed on coin, which is Coinbase. Um, Of course, they're talking about uh, these being security, illegal securities and therefore falling under the SEC remit. The the quote that I read here is, think this is bad. Billionaire and Dallas Mavericks owner, Mark Cuban commented, wait till you see what they come up with for registration of tokens. That's the nightmare that's waiting for the crypto industry. How else do you keep thousands of lawyers employed and create reasons to ask for more taxpayer money? So a little bit of tongue in cheek there from Mark Cuban, suggesting that the process of which the article above was stating the process of listing a token on a publicly listed company like Coin or Coinbase, that's where he seems to think the red tape will start to really hurt the industry, and it might be right. But will it hurt the, the greater industry or just the listing of projects on listed companies or listed exchanges like Coinbase? let scroll down further. He's got reason to have his tongue in cheek um, moment with the SEC. The star of Shark Tank TV show accompanied his post with a YouTube link to a message left for him by the SEC after he called the agency in 2014 to try to find out if the purchase of a stock he wanted to make would violate in tra- insider trading laws. He never received a clear answer. Cuban, in the video, applies the instructions of the employee of the SEC, but in vain, because he will not have an answer to his question, thus exposing himself to a possible penalty for insider trading. And this is the way that many of these uh, governing bodies work. I remember doing my... Um, Oh, I can't remember what it was called. It was, a, it was a, a course I was doing to get FSA or Financial Services Authority recognised when I was in the UK. There were answers to questions that said, what is more right? Now, when you are teaching people about how to be, you know, work within the industry um, and you're saying, what is more right? It really leaves a lot of room to be misunderstood or to be told, In this case, no, you're wrong. And that's the problem I see with a lot of these uh, financial bodies and and regulators is that they don't have black and white. There's a lot of gray area, and it seems to be that sometimes if they wanna turn the gun at you, they've got reason to do so because there was no clear understanding or instruction from the start, and that's an area that needs to be cleared up. But it's not just in crypto. It's widely accepted that you have gotta be in their good books to get good things. The successful entrepreneur who has invested in many Uh, well, this is a bit of a typo, the successful entrepreneur who has invested in many several crypto projects, wants to prove that the SEC keeps its rules vague on purpose. Revert back to what I was just saying. This is what the entire crypto industry blames the regulator for. For five years, the SEC has been regulating the crypto industry by enforcing actions, targeting startups that raise funds through initial coin offerings. The regulator is, for example, in a showdown with Ripple, a blockchain payment firm based in San Francisco. In a lawsuit, the commission considers that XRP, a token associated with Ripple, should be seen as a security with firm, which the firm rejects. Now, don't forget as well um, that he's all that they've also said. Uh, okay, here's the other bit. Another sign of tensions: the SEC has said in the past that it does not consider Bitcoin and Ether, the first two cryptocurrencies by market caps, as securities. But the current chairman Gary Gensler still maintains the vagueness on ether. He did mention that Bitcoin was a commodity token. So again, where do we stand? We don't know. They don't seem to know either. It seems to be a bit of a turkey shoot for the turkey shoot's purposing. Uh, sorry, for tur- a turkey shoot purpose. I can see with XRP because it's a token and a actual company. With Ethereum, Ethereum is just Ethereum, right? So I suppose somewhere in that gray area, they can say it's not actually security because it, it is the technology but with XRP. They've used the XRP token to raise for Ripple. That is my understanding. Anyway, around the round we go with regulators, it continues. Over to Cointelegraph. Once again, crypto user who lost 163 million in Bitcoin wants to deploy robot search party. Yes, we've all heard of this article. The little chap, well, I shouldn't say little chap, uh, the chap over in the UK who let who threw out his hard drive with a gazillion Bitcoin 7500 bitcoins and he's at it again. This time he is out there trying to raise capital for robots to go and find, excuse me to find his hard drive. And I can't help but think to myself, if this guy over the years that we've known this, if this guy was a perhaps put as much effort into maybe building something a business or whatever, he might actually be able to do pretty well. But Hey, it's his game and it's a lot of money, so let's go ahead and read part of this article to get a better understanding of what's going on. <clears throat> James Howells, a British man who mistakenly discarded a hard drive containing roughly 7,500 Bitcoin in 2013, has reportedly started looking at having robots and humans work together to retrieve his crypto from a local landfill. According to a Sunday report from Business Insider, Howells has pitched an $11 million idea to locate and recover the lost hard drive, which may be surrounded by up to roughly 110,000 tonnes of garbage. Backed by a few venture capitalists, the proposal involved people, robot dogs (laughs) and other machines picking up and sorting through the landfill's trash, for up to three years until the lost Bitcoin is found, while another version of Howell's plan would cost $6 million and take 18 months. So the plot thickens. We've got Bitcoin being thrown out into landfill. We've got robot dogs, human beings, and other robots out there. Wow, this could be a movie. Imagine if he finds it, that would be a great movie. Newport City Council, the government body responsible for overseeing operations in the landfill, supposedly containing a lost hard drive, has reportedly rejected Howell's previous attempts to, re- to, re- to retrieve the device, even though he offered the city up to 25% of the Bitcoin being held uh, as a payback, really. This is what they have said the Newport City Council. There is nothing that Mr. Howells could present to us for approval said a council representative. His proposals pose significant ecological risk, which we cannot accept and indeed are prevented from considering by the terms of our permit. So that comment there alone, I mean, they've categorically said that there is nothing, there is nothing that he could present to them. So again, I mean, painful, I get it, painful. This dude, what a a mistake, but it happened. Put your energy into something positive, mate. Move forward. Let go. It's it's really sad. If we're successful in recovering the coins, then I made a pledge to the people of Newport to literally give people a Newport crypto directly, said Howells in an interview with journalist Richard Hammond. I could spend the rest of my life working a day job and never come close to anything of the value that's on that hard drive. You could also spend your life working towards a business and using that acumen that you have Got to go and pitch venture capitalists to perhaps get it off the ground. I think this guy's done really well to get venture capital backing him. And uh, obviously he's gone in and put a lot of work and effort into this. It might be time to let go considering the local council has literally said no. Anyway, the plot thickens, the story continues. Let's see how we go. And ending this week, we go to our favorite CEO. Well, I mean, Sam's probably the favorite because he's bailing everybody out and doing good things, but who knows, who cares? <laughs> Binance CEO sues Bloomberg's Hong Kong partner for defamation. And this is a really interesting one. Now I read from the article here on CoinDesk, Binance CEO Chengpeng Zhao on Monday sued Bloomberg Businessweek's Hong Kong publisher, Modern Media CL, on defamation claims over a translated Chinese language article titled that portrayed the crypto exchange chief as running a Ponzi scheme. Ooh, that's a heavy one to take on board, a Ponzi scheme. Zhao demanded a retraction, called for the editor's removal from newsstands and for a restraining order to stop the defendants from further spreading the betrayal. Modern media has already obliged in part. There, Zhao took issue to the article's portrayal of Binance as, a, as sketchy and with an anonymous quote from a trader that called Binance a massive shitcoin casino. Well, I mean, that's an opinion, and He can call it a massive shitcoin casino as much as he likes. It's the defamation of saying that it is a Ponzi scheme that I think he's got against. These statements are obviously designed to mislead readers into believing that Zhao was breaking the law, the motion read. Now I go on further into this article to tell you what he's up to now. The US court filings underscore the extent to which Binance closely protects its perception. It recounts a back and forth between legal teams that resulted in modern media scrubbing the Ponzi headline and pulling the physical copy from print earlier this month. That means they've basically gone, okay, yep, we're cool, we, we, whoops, we'll, we'll retract that, we won't print that, however, but various online websites were still selling the print edition the filing states prompting Zhao to go to court. So he is going to court to sue the Hong Kong subsidiary of Bloomberg. That is a big story. Now, CZ is a very large billionaire to the tune of I don't know, nor do I really care. But the man uh, is clearly working very hard to maintain his reputation and the reputation of his firm Binance. And this is what happens when you have a face of a company, same with Sam BF. We've got Sam, who's head of FTX and multiple other firms, and we've got Binance, head of CZ. These are very powerful, very wealthy, and very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Influential people. They are going to be protecting themselves and their business at all costs. This story will obviously develop over time and we will keep you updated in the news if you need to know anything further. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is this week in crypto. I hope you've had a great week and I hope you're keeping yourself switched on. During times when the market is pulling back, such as it is, we need to be very, very careful of the funds that we have and make sure that if you've got funds on the side, that dollar cost averaging might be something for you to consider. If you would like to learn how to trade and learn about everything that we do here at Cob, please jump onto our Become A Trader course in the link below and join us for free. Have a great week. Bye for now.